This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Talking travel on 2NURFM 103.7, brought to you by our sponsor Travel World on King. I'm Jane Klein and Barry Warwick joins us to take us to a part of the world that's um, going to be very much in the news in the near future, Barry Warwick. Well, yes, Jane. I thought that uh, we'd, seeing as the Olympics are uh, almost upon us, um, that it would be a good idea to talk about China and just some of the things that China uh, has to offer. And I guess everyone's uh, aware of the um, the Great Wall and um, the Summer Palace in Beijing, um, as well as the Forbidden City. Uh, they're aware of Shanghai where, uh, you know, it's, it's growing and changing and always been a great trading port and got a little bit of European heritage. Um, but I guess the the there are less known um, areas like the Sichuan area of um, of China. Now, um, it has 86 million people in this particular area, which, you know, when you think of it, is, what, four times the Australian population and it's just uh, one of the province, provinces of, um, of China. Is it a fairly large province? Um, look... It, it covers a reasonable area um, in in China, and it's got some of the some really great scenery. Um, it's known for its mountains, um, and I and uh, it's quite a fertile uh, province as well. Uh, but probably the best thing that it's known for is that it's pandas. So. That's where you go to see pandas in China. Exactly. And look, there's about 16 nature reserves there uh, with the giant pandas. Um, 16. 16. Mm. So, you know, it they, they are, uh, well, I guess it's a great place to visit from here. Um, another thing that I guess people don't realise about it is that it has the largest um, stone Buddha um, or that's been carved out of a, a well, I guess a hillside or a cliff face or whatever. Um, currently, the in in the world, so um, it's just it it has more to offer than I guess uh, people think. Um, it's also famous, obviously, for the the hot and spicy food that comes there and and the hot pot. So, mm. uh, so you can eat while you're there and enjoy. You can everything. eat, enjoy. Then you can go for walking and get rid of it um, <laughs> by visiting, um, you know, some of the tourist attractions or trying to, to uh, see the elusive panda, although I think the panda you'd probably end up seeing in the the, the zoo anyway. And um, So are the pandas mostly in zoo-type uh, situations or are there also areas where they are fairly the, wild? The, 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 this is the sort of the area where they're, they're fairly wild. Well, they're in their natural environment, I guess uh, one, one should say. Um but I, I'm not sure that you can actually, at this stage, see them in their, their um, wild environment. They, they are a fairly shy and retiring sort of animal. So uh, I'm not sure about that. But, but certainly it's their, their homeland and um, it's, it's quite a pretty uh, province to visit. And easy to get to. Chengdu is the uh, um, their capital, um, so, and, and it features on a number of the uh, tourist itineraries that uh, here from Australia. Does it have good things to offer as well? Um, well, it does. I mean, I guess like any city, it has its uh, shopping. Um, it's got the department stores. Um, it's got its people's market, um, jewellery. Uh, so. Uh, 
as well as some of the other things that that uh, China is famous for, like lacquerware. Um, and woven bamboo articles are, are also um, important in that area. So, um, and just a little known fact, I guess, is that um, it's also known for the production of its medicinal herbs, uh, and it has three thousand different kinds of medicinal herbs, making it a third of the of, of China's medicinal herbs. So, again, if you're into herbs and um, want to go there. It's a great place to visit. Sounds like a good centre for traditional Chinese medicine. Um, I would think so, yes. And what about getting around, Barry? Is it easy to get around? Um, yeah, look, getting around um, Sichuan province is uh, easy. It's got air connections, uh, a good railway uh, and a highway um, network. And uh, also um, it's got an established water transport system because uh, via the Yangtze River. So um, you can get there via the Yangtze River and also up some of the, the tributaries of the, the Yangtze River. So um, getting around, look, if you want to be adventurous, I think that um, it cer- certainly presents itself as, you know, a s- destination to go and see. Sichuan province in China. And you could do, you could tag that onto the Olympics. Could tag that onto the Olympics or, you know... Just uh, either it's in southwest of China, so you know, even probably pop in there from Hong Kong as well. You're listening to Talking Travel on to and you are FM 103.7. Barry Warwick, the cost of fuel has been rising, and that must have a bit of an impact on travelling. Um, look, Jane, it certainly has, and and we see headlines like um, you know, Air New Zealand's raising uh, its fares again, as at the 17th of July, uh, domestically they'll rise by three percent. Um, to within New Zealand and um, also to Asia and UK by about 5%. And jet fuels now sort of reached around about $170 a barrel, um, or, or the oil has, so that provides the jet fuel. And so um, it, it is having an impact on a lot of the airlines. Now, the airlines usually introduce this as a fuel surcharge, and this makes an interesting point when you're trying to calculate a fare um, and just for for an example, um, Japan Airlines has a, an extremely cheap airfare around about the $1,500 mark um, at certain times of the year through to the UK. Um, a similar Qantas airfare is around about 1900 and the Emirates airfare is around about $2,100. Um, but when you start taking into consideration the fuel surcharges, Japan Airlines fuel surcharges and uh, airport taxes, et cetera, amount to over $1,000, you know, taking that fare up to uh, over $2,500. The Qantas fare uh, has around about $600 worth of taxes on it. Again, bringing the fare out pretty much online with the the Japan Airlines one at $2,500. And um, the Emirates one comes out, even though it's... um, it's only got a couple of hundred taxes on, comes out a little bit cheaper. And yet on the surface, uh, when you know we start looking at airfares, it looks as if that would be cheaper. Um, and that brings us to the next thing in the round world airfares whereby... Um, you know, there's there's um, alliances. You've got your Star Alliance and um, your One World Alliance, where the One World you've got your Qantas, British Airways, American Airlines. Um, you can be flying around the world there, but each one of those has different surcharges. So, depending on which airlines you actually choose, will affect 
the the base price of um, of the fare. So, uh, for example, on a given sector, Qantas might have a, a fuel surcharge of one hundred and fifty six dollars. Um, one of the uh, British Airways, who is Qantas's partner in uh, in that particular one, flying the same sector, theirs might be one hundred and seventy five. So automatically, you start getting a difference in in the cost, just depending which carrier you choose. So It's very, very much like comparing apples and pears. It is. It's, it makes it so difficult to work out. And I think, um, you know, in the end, it's, it's probably best to choose an airline that you feel uh, is going to offer you the best service and, um, you know, that you're comfortable with. And obviously, Qantas safety is something that always, um, always attracts people. Um, but there's getting to be interesting ways of offsetting this fuel. Um, well, I, I guess raising revenue in other other areas. And for example, Flybe in the UK is um, going to start having seatback ads, um, so that they'll they'll sell those to uh, prospective advertisers, um, just as a way to make up the shortfall in um, in revenue. So it's just one of those funny little things. And the airlines are trying to push other efficiency gains. I guess um, KLM uh, with is is starting a, a self uh, baggage check trial. Now we've we're all probably familiar that when we've gone down to Sydney Airport, you. You go and you can do yourself check in, and then you've got to take your boarding pass and your bag to the counter, drop off your bag. Uh, well, this trial is so that um, you you actually take your boarding pass, scan it, put your bag on the um, scales. Scales, it weighs it, and prints out your your tag that you then affix to your your bag and send it off. Now. Um, I'm not sure what happens when you're actually overweight yet, but it's it's certainly a trial and it just shows some of the innovative ways that people are looking at um, making up for, um, I guess, rising um, fuel fuel costs. Cathay, um, they've had a baggage way, uh, a cut in the the weight of their bags. Now, between um, most countries in the USA it's always worked on a piece system and you're allowed two pieces of checked baggage uh, the maximum amount of luggage that you could have in any one would be 32 kilos uh, because that's um, a safety health and safety issue over that uh, but Cathay have now cut that 32 kilos down to 23 for their USA um, bound flight. So again, a way of saving um, luggage. And I think the other day I mentioned about Malaysian airline system, um, you know, being very strict on the amount of luggage that you could take. Um, but the fuel is not just affecting um, airlines. Um, we've We've had just recent or in the last hour or two, the cancellation of um, a couple of cruises. Um, there were ships coming out, the, the Daphne uh, and the Funchal that did coastal cruises in Australia. Um, it's now being replaced by one vessel because the cost of uh, fuel oil was getting too high to, and made it uneconomical to run those two particular boats and cruises. So they've combined the two into one, brought a larger vessel on, uh, and of course creating economies of scale that, that way. 
Yes, I'm sure there'll be some more uh, innovative ideas Ooh. coming through. That's right. I mean, there's talk with Air New Zealand too. Um, I think it was Air New Zealand where they they were actually going to uh, try bio biofuels uh, as well. So, you know, there's lots of new things coming through. I must say I like the idea of abolishing the queues to line up to get your baggage checked. That sounds as though it could be it could have advantages. It it could be a real winner, and particularly if you can fudge the system. So. <laughs> well, even without that. And we will be back talking travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news. Thank you, Barry Warwick. Thanks, Jane. And we're here on 2NURFM 103.7.